Chapter Eighteen of The Flying Stingaree by Harold Goodwin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Chapter Eighteen: The Stingaree's Tale. This is the plan, Steve Ames said. Joe and Chuck will approach from upriver and go around the mansion fence by by wading downstream. They'll stay under cover somewhere at the edge of the mansion grounds until they hear my signal on the radio to close in or until they see the balloon launched i'll go in the way i did before the two janic agents nodded and bent over the chart borrowed from the houseboat cobb will set up his equipment here at my house steve continued and try to intercept all signals from the mansion mcdivitt will set up here too and track the balloon through my telescope if it rises watching until the rocket fires mcdivitt also will keep in touch with wallops island by radio and notify me on the walkie-talkie when the countdown reaches thirty minutes steve turned to rick and scotty before i go to my post i'll take you two to the creek mouth in the runabout then you will swim up the creek underwater and take up stations in the weeds directly in front of the house rick's pulse stopped they'll see our bubbles he protested it would give the whole show away steve motioned to joe vitelli show him joe walked to the car in which he and chuck had driven from washington and opened the trunk he brought out a pair of riot guns automatic shotguns which he handed to chuck then he reached into the trunk and brought out a pair of small cylinders with full face masks attached rebreathers Rick exclaimed. He grinned at Steve. You planned this before you ever told us what was on your mind. I thought it was best to be prepared, Steve said. You know how these work? Rick nodded. We both do. The rebreathers, unlike scubas, which were filled with compressed air, used oxygen which was recycled through a canister of chemicals that removed water vapor and carbon dioxide. They were completely self-contained, no bubbles were emitted cobb was already opening a pair of leather-covered cases exposing electronic gear he had also brought a portable antenna which he began setting up mcdivitt had a radio in his car with which to talk to wallops and steve handed him one unit of a walkie-talkie radio network another unit went to chuck and steve retained one steve glanced at his watch let's get going time your travel so you will be in place at eight o'clock on the nose he looked at the boys get into your gear and take spear guns with you when we move into action i want you to bring that balloon down if you can the boys ran to the houseboat rick was excited and he knew scotty was feeling the same way it was the first time they had been in on a janic operation as full partners the previous adventures had either been as accidental participants or as observers they got into full gear including their skin-tight neoprene helmets and footgear then leaving their fins and rebreathers they hurried back to the others joe and chuck were in their own car the riot guns and walkie-talkie out of sight mcdivitt had the telescope set up next to his car and was practicing with it by tracking a high-flying osprey cobb was finishing work on his electronic setup 
his antenna was in place the dish on top of the collapsible pole aligned on the compass direction to calvert's favor steve shook hands with joe and chuck on your way see you when the balloon goes up he motioned to the boys got spear guns we left that till last rick said ready to go ready the three hurried down the pier to the houseboat where the boys took guns from their spear box each chose a high-powered gas gun operated by a carbon dioxide cartridge and selected the spears that would cut the biggest holes there would be time for only one shot get on the floor in the runabout when we cast off steve directed if there are any watchers i want them to see only one man the boys cast off then climbed in as steve backed into the creek they crouched on the floor and adjusted the straps on their face masks until the fit was tight there was no conversation rick was so excited it was hard to sit still as they began the crossing of the little chop tank river steve gave them instructions when we get opposite the creek mouth the engine is going to stutter and kick up a lot of smoke the boat will drift into the smoke and out again you'll have a few seconds to go over i'll pretend to work on the motor and finally get it started but running rough then i'll take off and pretend i'm heading home okay how are you going to make smoke rick asked steve reached into his breast pocket and produced a small bottle these are chemicals that smoke when they touch water got your plans all made rick looked at scotty we'll have to stick our heads up once in a while i'll lead since i know the creek as far as the cove when i think i'm lost i'll head for the north bank making a sharp turn that will be your signal to stay put while i look what i'd like to do is bring us out in back of the duck blind we can pick our spots then and cross the creek when we're ready got it scotty agreed steve reached down a hand and squeezed their hands in turn good luck kids and no unnecessary chances if shooting starts get underwater again we'll have guns but you'll have only single shot spear guns good luck the boys said in unison they put on the masks and turned the valves that started the oxygen cycles rick grinned at scotty through the glass and knew that his grin was strained scotty grinned back and held up his hand with thumb and forefinger making the signal for okay be ready steve said rick checked himself once again to be sure all was in order weight belt knife compass spear gun with safety cap on mask fitting tightly and the pack in place he got ready to jump on steve's command the outboard slowed raced slowed raced backfired slowed steve's hand went over and trailed chemical in the water the boat turned and rick saw the smoke cloud rising the boat went into it and the motor cut out go steve said rick stood upright and went over the gunwale in a dive knifing toward the bottom he felt the pressure wave as scotty followed and reached a hand upward to meet his pal his hand touched scotty's arm found the hand and gave it a squeeze then with a glance at his compass to orient him rick started the long swim it was odd to be wearing the oxygen line the sound of bubbles from the customary compressed air scubas was missing 
and the silence was strange then steve started the motor of the runabout and rick heard the broken rhythm as the motor skipped he knew that steve probably had turned the carburetor mixture to too lean or too rich either would cause the motor to run rough he kept moving his fins keeping a steady stroke the motor sound grew distant and finally faded entirely rick usually depended on pressure to tell him location but the creek was too shallow for any strong indication on his ears he kept going until the visibility and brightness told him he was in the shallows then steered out into the middle of the stream again he thought they must be halfway to the mansion but wasn't sure he gave a pair of swift kicks to alert scotty then turned sharp left rolling over on his back he could see the water surface clearly rising a little he lifted his face above the water for a brief second then went back under now was the time to get behind the duck blind rick swam back to where scotty waited and plucked at his shoulder this time he started off close to the north shore heading directly for the duck blind his course was straight in a few moments he found himself among the pilings and turned to put the blind between himself and the mansion on the opposite shore scotty followed rick lifted his head cautiously he saw only the marsh grass and the back of the blind he tapped scotty who rose until his head was level with rick's his face only a few inches away they pulled off their masks we can swim under the blind and look out the front rick whispered there's enough brush to give us cover we'll each pick our own spot and go to it sound all right okay better fix our guns right here though it was good advice rick removed the safety cap from his spear making sure the barbed shaft was properly seated now he needed only to flick off the safety catch and fire scotty did the same you go right and i'll go left scotty suggested softly be better if there's a little spread between us we'll also want to find places where we can look out there's some weed along the shore and i think i remember a brush pile around a stake near the right-hand edge of the lawn one piling is there there's a bunch of old pilings off to the left where the original pier was i can see if there's cover there if not i'll find something scotty had worn his waterproof watch it was just four minutes to eight time to get going the boys shook hands grinned at each other and pulled their masks back on they ducked under the blind side by side and swam to the front of the structure where brush from last year's cover remained cautiously rick peered out then sucked in his breath a truck had been wheeled out of the barn it had a dish antenna on top and next to the truck a mass of black plastic was slowly inflating a flying stingaree rick looked quickly for a spot to which he could swim near the edge of the pet lawn was the piling scotty had mentioned it was tall with a light on it for night navigation rick realized he had seen it on earlier trips but had not noticed it particularly because his attention had been on the house and its occupants slightly upstream from the tall piling were a series of stakes saplings pushed into the bottom to indicate the limits of water deep enough for a boat 
around three of the pilings brush and grass had gathered picked up from the current the middle pile was highest rick decided to head for it scotty was also searching for a hiding place apparently he found one that was satisfactory because he gripped rick's shoulder for a moment then submerged rick saw him as a shadow hugging the bottom now was the time rick took a deep breath to quiet his taut and shaky nerves then sank to the bottom and began the last leg of the trip it was only a few dozen yards to the sapling he had chosen he reached it and glanced upward the mass of debris made a black blotch on the bright surface of the water moving with infinite caution and using the sapling as a guide he swung his legs under him and rose to a sitting position the debris was still above the level of his eyes so he swung his legs back again and knelt the kneeling position brought his head to just the right level he lifted his face and looked at the debris working cautiously he brought a hand up and poked a hole through his fingers enlarged the hole until he could see sufficiently the flying stingaree was tugging at the rope that held it the shape was almost perfect rick thought but he doubted that it had been designed to look like a stingray more likely it had been picked to look as little like a conventional balloon as possible well it had served its purpose merlin alias lefty chameleon and his electronics wizard were fitting a rocket into a loop on a plastic strap that dangled from the balloon rick couldn't see it clearly but thought it was a replica of the one he had recovered there was a sound from the truck containing the dish antenna rick pulled his mask away to hear a little better and heard a loudspeaker rebroadcasting something reports no aircraft within range limits we are now at thirty-one minutes and counting on my mark the time will be zero minus thirty exactly there was only the crackle of the loudspeaker the set was tuned in on the wallops island command frequency rick realized that was how chameleon and company knew when to release the balloon and when to trigger the rocket chameleon's bodyguard was manning the rope holding the balloon it was attached to a ring on the truck as rick watched the bodyguard let out more line and the balloon rose slightly tugging at the rope and moving toward rick the tail hung down almost to the ground the rocket hanging at an angle at its end the loudspeaker voice said stand by mark zero minus thirty the bodyguard reached up and cut the rope rick saw the flying stingaree heading directly toward him rising slowly caught by the ground wind he brought his spear gun into position and rose to his full height snapping off the safety catch oblivious to the yells from the lawn he aimed and fired with a sharp hiss the spear flashed through the air into the balloon and right through it the balloon didn't even falter it would take time to lose sufficient gas to bring it down the wind swept it right toward rick still rising as it passed over him the dangling rocket would be almost within reach rick didn't hesitate he saw the track of the balloon curving as the wind shifted direction downstream over the water he threw himself to one side and forward dropping the spear gun one hand outstretched the rocket slapped into his palm and his fingers closed around it 
the jerk pulled him forward and he grabbed with his other hand missed and grabbed again this time he caught the rocket and both hands gripped tight the flying stingaree lifted him dragging him through the water rick spun around at the edge of the line and caught a glimpse of the bodyguard raising a pistol to shoot at him then the scene whirled and he saw scotty standing in water to his waist spear gun lifted to fire rick saw the spear leave his pal's gun and he whirled his head in time to see the bodyguard looking down with horror at the shaft protruding from his side the boy didn't see the piling his last quick impression was of the bodyguard falling forward then there was a stunning impact as the side of his head met creosoted wood and darkness flooded in End of chapter eighteen